Hello, and welcome back to the Basic Bible Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Thompson, and joining us again back on the podcast, one of my former students, current Bible College student at Heartland Baptist Bible College out in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, Daniel Leach. Daniel, welcome back. Well, thank you for having me. This is like the fourth time I've been on your podcast. I think so. <laughs> for some reason, I keep inviting you back. I, I'm kind of shocked by it. You so. Know. You're leaving tomorrow. I am. You're you're heading back to college. Well, you're heading out to a wedding first. Yep, wedding first. And then you're you're heading back to college. First off, I appreciate the fact I'm looking at you now, mm-hmm. and I see an I voted sticker. Yes. So before you left, you did your civic duty. Yes. And you voted. Yes. Good job. I got to get my mail-in stuff. Because I gotta for when the November election comes around, I gotta be able to mail it in. Yes. Do you think they'll mail me a sticker? If I ask them to? Probably not. Oh, darn. But I have stickers here. Okay. I can load you up. Thank you. (laughs) I'm probably the only person you know that actually has a whole roll of high-voted stickers. That wouldn't surprise me. So, anyway. um, So you're headed back. Before you're you're going back, you're going back, this is your... Third year. Yes, this is your junior year. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm an upperclassman now. This is weird. Upperclassman. That's what I've been called. I bet you've been called a lot of things. <laughs> this is also true. But so you're right in the middle of your college education. Yep. Hopefully. Yes. Well, I may stay an extra year. We'll see where the Lord leads with that. You thinking about a master's degree? Um. Yeah, I'm thinking about going for seminary. Uh, either that, or just staying for youth classes, so I would be able to do youth groups and things like that. Okay. So we'll see. So tell us about, now we were going to do this earlier in the year, and then I decided to have emergency surgery. Yep. <laughs> um, so that didn't work out quite. But you, you actually came out to Madison, you, you visited me there, so we should have recorded something then. We should have. But. We had some pretty good conversations there at that. We did. I don't remember any of them. <laughs> I was probably high on drugs. Um, which in the hospital is okay. <laughs> good clarification. Yeah. I do remember it was very hot the day you came. Yep. Um, we were sitting out in that garden. Yeah. Oh, man, that was terrible. <laughs> anyway, so um, first off, tell us about last semester. Um, what did you learn? What, what were the highlights uh, last year? Highlights. I don't know. There's, there's a lot. Um, you know, you'd be, you'd be really surprised at just how the Lord works, not just like in the classroom setting, but just in like personal life things. Um, so the start of my semester, they did a church planning conference. Okay. So they had pastors that are Baptist pastors. Let me right. make some clarifications because we are a Baptist college. We don't allow Lutherans in the building. That, that's <laughs> understandable. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so they invited a bunch of... Well, Baptist- I'm, sure, I'm sure you don't bar them from the building, but you're not going to put them on the platform. Yeah, we're not going to put them on the you're platform. You're not going to have like a no Lutherans allowed sign <laughs> yeah. or anything. But Look, yeah, so okay. Yeah. <laughs> Might want to put some clarification there. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so they uh, they invited a bunch of pastors from like Maine to Washington, just all over, and uh, they managed to fill that auditorium to like the brim. It was amazing, and just being able to hear some of the testimonies of some of these guys, um, just of what the Lord's really been doing, um, especially during like the COVID years. Yeah. You know, just you know, a lot of people are looking out in the COVID, and they're watching a lot of big churches just close down. Yep. But you're also seeing a lot of growth in a lot of the smaller churches as well, which I thought was really amazing to see. Um, one guy went on the platform, and he's from uh, Belvedere, I think, is where he said he's from. Uh, anyway, he uh, he was telling us 
that his church, you know, they were really struggling just to get the funding for a building. Yeah. COVID hit, they're sitting there thinking, where might I end up having to close our doors? All of a sudden, not only do the money to keep them sustaining going, but the money for them to build a new building comes in as well. Wow. Like, praise the Lord for that. Yeah. Anyway, um, this man ends up delivering a message about, you know, just taking the chance for God. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people, uh, they tend to just stick to their basic of what they know. Right. They don't want to jump into new and different ministries. They just want to stick to what they know and leave it at that. And it really just challenged me because, you know, I've only, I've only ever been a door greeter, both at Heartland and at my home church. And I'm sitting here thinking, you know, I, I, I really have been burned lately just to try and do something new. So I talked to one of the uh, guidance people at Har- uh, Southwest, the yep. church that's associated with Heartland. And they said, well, we're actually in need of bus workers for mm. the bus ministry. And I'm like, well, sign me up for a bus. Uh, and my heart was just so filled with joy being on that bus ministry throughout the entire semester, just getting to know the kids and just going out into mm. some of these neighborhoods. It was just a tremendous blessing. You know, we just had... Well, <laughs> I don't know when this is going to air, uh, but last week in our last recording session, mm-hmm. um, we had a pastor from the Dominican Republic, oh, okay. Eric Quinlan, who I grew up with in uh, New England, but he was a product of the bus ministry there. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, whenever I think there are some who still want to discount the bus ministry, yeah. it's not a thing for today, it really doesn't really do any good. and. I think of him, I think of also Joe Marshall, who's also been on this podcast, yep. who's a missionary out in Australia. Again, their families were, they would they would never have heard the gospel without somebody in a bus ministry. Yeah. So, Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. I'm, I'm interrupting you. No, no, you're bus okay. ministry is a valuable <laughs> yeah. ministry. It, it really is, and it's it's really just, it's shown just through that. Yeah. Um, you know, when I first hopped on the bus, I think our, I think we only had like two or three kids. By the end of the year, our highest was 12 to 13. Wow. And I mean, praise Even him. with you there. Yeah, even with me there, wow. you know. <laughs> anyway, but what was really amazing to me was we've really just been praying for growth in our church. Yeah. Um, and we recently just had somebody join our church that has worked with other churches and has been just a huge part with bus ministries and youth programs. When we say your church, are you talking about your Victory, church? Victory Baptist Church. So we're talking church. about your church here. Yeah, yeah my church here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, he got a bus for our church. And I mean, this is literally a week later after I'm signed on for yeah. the bus mission in my first week on bus, I get a call from my pastor and I'm just sitting there talking to him about a couple of different things. And all of a sudden he tells me, by the way, we just got a bus. Hmm. Actually, it's a 15 passenger van, but still, unless yeah. we're starting. Same idea. Same yeah, idea. same idea. I mean, I kid you not, I was hooting and hollering down the hill from my dormitory hmm. to the cafeteria, screaming and hollering, praise Jesus. <laughs> It's just, you never know if you take that shot, what God's going to do. Yeah. Both in like your hometown, wherever you're at, or even just what God might show you and burn you to start. You know, um, when I first got back from my freshman year of college, I was just really burned to get out there with door knocking. Um, Granted, when we first started, it was kind of rough, but we were getting out there and we were doing it. And now we're doing it even more than what we did. We've almost tripled the ground we've covered from last Mm. summer, this summer. And I think that's just a tremendous blessing. Yeah. So as you, you've been home for the summer, mm-hmm. you've been actively engaged in ministry. Yes. Uh, tell us a little bit about that, what, what you've been doing here. You, you talked about door knocking. and. Yep. So door knocking is probably one of the aspects that I've been able just to partake in. We've yeah. been going out every Saturday at 930, uh, just trying to get out. We've done fun fairs. Uh, yep. We had a fun fair at the beginning of the summer, and then we had one just this past weekend. Right. 
Uh, we also did VBS, um, and I've also taken over the adult Sunday school, hmm. and I was preaching, well, teaching, we'll call it teaching for what it is, uh, I was teaching through James. Sure. So, and all three, I, honestly, God has just done amazing work with all those aspects. And being a good Baptist, you didn't finish that series. Yeah, being a good Baptist, I didn't finish it. <laughs> so, I, I will say one of the highlights of the summer for me was going to that fun fair, and seeing you shout like a little girl <laughs> as you were dunked in the dunk tank yep. and I, I'm, I'm glad to say I was one of those people that dunked you yep we got three balls and I only needed one you just needed one because I've been waiting for this opportunity <laughs> been waiting for this chance and first you've, shot you know, you've put up with me for what six years and you're yep, just like yeah it's time for time for payback and I made sure all my kids did it as well yep so see what was really shocking to me was all your kids got in the first try and so did you yes I, I thought, I was like, all right, I messed with the wrong people. Yes. <laughs> Don't mess with the Thompson family. They'll no. splash you in water. We will get you. We, yeah, you will we get We will wreck you. We will destroy you. <laughs> but anyway, all right. And so you've been doing a lot of preaching. And yep. in fact, it was really cool. You know, this past Sunday night, I, I, I came and uh, hear you preach. And it's interesting because I was there, I think, I was there for your first sermon. Yes, you were. Uh, several years ago. Mm-hmm. And... To see you the other night, the growth that's taken place, you're first off, you're a lot more confident mm-hmm. behind the pulpit and much more comfortable, but even the, the, the depth of the message itself mm-hmm. was, was better, even though, from what I understand, this is something you scribbled on a napkin at Olive Garden or something <laughs> um, the morning before or, or the, the, the uh, afternoon of. But uh, no, all kidding aside, I mean, it, it's it's great to see how God is working in you and and God is maturing you yeah. and um, just uh, seeing His hand has been just an excitement. You know, it's really funny that you mentioned that because I spent a lot of time on my Sunday school and the main service, and I really didn't see a lot of response with those two. Yeah, and. Watching that third one, the one that I was like, this, this is going to, you know, this is going to completely blow up in my face. This is going to just go out. And literally, I think I even quoted the, I didn't quote the verse, but I, I quoted the similar scripture that, you know, God's word doesn't return back void. Yeah. And watching just the response that happened that yeah. night, you know, um, one thing that I think a lot of college students struggle with, especially if they're in ministry, um, because they're, they're in that growth process, yeah. you know, they're not going to be like the other preachers, but they're surrounded by it constantly. And they have this idea of they need instant results. Yeah. And one thing that, that I think has got to really worked in my heart with that is I don't need to have the instant result. Right. I just need to get out there. I need to be faithful yeah. to that. Well, and, let me tell you a story of that. Because this is my podcast and I'm taking it back over. Anyway, <laughs> um, years ago when I was in college, you know, I'd, I'd preach at various different churches. Mm-hmm. And I preached at this one little church in Connecticut. I said it was actually bigger than mine. Um, <laughs> but I preached at this church, and I preached the message about assurance of salvation. Mm-hmm. I think I gave like 10 points, mm-hmm. um, which shows you how young I was, because there's no way I can cover 10 points in 30 minutes, uh, or even 45 or 50 now. But um, just talking about your assurance in Christ and assurance of salvation. So yeah. preached the message. I don't remember much of a response at all. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you move on. Yeah. A couple of years later... I'm uh, working in a camp, a camp director in, in another church in Connecticut, a small church at that point. Um, and there was one girl there that just rebellious, mm-hmm. very standoffish against anything toward the gospel. 
and uh, we were praying for her. And the last night, uh, she actually came forward after a message talking about salvation. And so I saw that. I was pretty excited. And she went and she talked with a, a female counselor. And, you know, time's passing by. And I'm like, well, what, what in the world are they talking about? And so after a while, I kind of forgot about it and left. And I talked to that female counselor. And, oh, yeah, she, she accepted Christ and it was great. I said, oh, wow, that's awesome. She said, but I got to show you something. I said, well, she said, because she was really reluctant and didn't really understand a lot of stuff. And so I, I found in my Bible these sermon notes I'd taken a while back, and I shared that with her, and that really, like, opened her mind. I said, oh, that's cool. And she said, wait, 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 let me show you the sermon notes. And you know where this is going. It was, it was the notes from the message that I had given <laughs> a couple of years ago at her church. And it was like, Wow. You know, yeah. again, God's word is not going to return void. No. God will use it. And it was just an amazing thing to see. Yeah, and I think and I think that's really what's amazing to me is I don't need to, obviously I need to put forth my effort in trying to understand what God is trying to show me. Right. But just because you don't see the response right away doesn't mean that God's not working. Right. And I think that's really just something that was really eye-opening to me that night is, well, yeah, I didn't spend a lot of time studying out these next six or these next set of points god's still doing an amazing work there and i think a lot of pastors a lot of um as we've been dubbed preacher boys that's what my pastor calls me all the time yeah um we need to understand that you know god's the one that needs to god's the one that's going to do the work he's the one that's going right. to you know be the one that brings the harvest we just need to be faithful in going out there and just getting the word out right. there and that's not to say you shouldn't study because you should yes you should um but there will be those times where you just don't have the time yeah um i remember um my church in Rockford, when I was an elder there, um, my pastor got to the point where he just said, you always need to have a message ready because I don't know when I'm going to need you or not. And that was after the time, or literally, I'm, I'm grabbing my Bible, I'm out the door, and I get a call saying, yeah, I'm not feeling too well, you're filling in tonight. Um, <laughs> oh, that's lovely. Great. Um, I don't have a message, but in the next 10 minutes, I'm going to come up with something. <laughs> Um, and we actually talked it through on the phone and we worked out a message. It was good. Mm -hmm. Um, but be ready, be ready in season, out of season. Amen. Um, all right. So speaking of that, you've got a message I've asked you to, <laughs> to give here. Yeah. And so you're going to jump right in. Well, for those of you that have your Bibles that are tuned in, because you should, I hope that you have your Bibles. Um, unless you're driving. <laughs> unless you're driving. That is true. Um, Jeremiah chapter 20 um, this is something that I used in this past weekend, and it's just a, it's just a verse that has just really stuck out in my mind. Jeremiah chapter twenty and verse nine. Then I said, I will not make mention of him nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart as a burning fire shut up in my bones, and I was weary with forbearing, and I could not stay. Uh, and now, if you will turn to Second Timothy chapter four, <clears throat> I'm waiting for you to turn there. <laughs> I'm there. Okay. Uh, chapter 4, verse 7. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at the day, and not to me only, but unto all of them also that love his appearing. So, obviously, you know, we talked about, you know, we need to be... Oh, is your thing acting up? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> ignore me. Okay. Um, obviously, just like in class, ignore me. <laughs> hey, those were some good nap times, just saying. <laughs> um, anyway, you know, um, 
a lot of things that have just really been put on my heart is just keeping up the fight. Hmm. You know, um, I think right now we're watching a very, I wouldn't say a dark season, but, you know, a lot of people are preaching about this coming persecution, you know. And I've heard a lot of preachers preach, you know, we need to have persecution in this country. And I remember reading an article from a missionary um, who was actually, I believe, in either Israel or somewhere over in that Middle Eastern area. And he said, you don't know what you're asking for. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think necessarily we should be preaching and asking for persecution from God. But I do think what we need to be preaching is keep up the fight. Yeah. You know, um, there's a lot of pastors out there. They don't they don't see it. Like we talked about, they don't, they don't see the instant harvest. And they're like, I'm done. I just want to quit. Yeah. And we cannot be having that, not just in the pulpits, but with Christian workers just in general. You know, one thing that I love about Jeremiah, which we call the weeping prophet, was you look throughout his life and he was just, he faced hardship after hardship after hardship. I mean, you know, his family neglected him, you know, his village, they didn't care for him, you know, they didn't care what he was preaching about and he was preaching the word. And, you know, like you mentioned earlier, we need to be preaching both in season and out of season and God's word's just not going to come back void. And with that being said, you know, we need to just, we need to go out there. We can't just let the lack of growth or whatever comes in our way stop us from getting the word out there. And, you know, one of the biggest things that I've just really been burdened about is just getting the word out there, you know, going out door knocking. Um, Because it's just, it's something that I never really saw, uh, especially just growing up. And a lot of people, especially like at Harland and just with various young people, they don't have a care for ministry. Um, And I think the reason why is because they're seeing the adults around them not have that same care. You know, they do it, but they just don't have a love for it. They don't have a passion for it. Um, And one thing that I want to say for anybody that is considered going to college for ministry or anything like that, um, if you recognize anybody that just has a, I wouldn't say like just a hardened heart towards it, don't let that discourage you from doing ministry. Yeah. Um, Because you don't know, you might be the one that warms their heart to it. Um, But not only that, but you might inspire others around you who are discouraged to keep up the fight. Um, You know, we talked about the bus ministry. You know, people have said that that's not worth it. You know, why do it? You know, it's just a waste of money. Who says that, you know, God's ministry is a waste? Right. Um, You know, I'll never forget, uh, we have a teacher that came, actually my freshman year, his name is Brother Raz, uh, and he is a product of the bus ministry. Mm. And he has been just a delight to be in some of his classes. I mean, I did Revelation with him. I did Pneumatology and Angelology with him. And he just, he brings it to life. Um, taking Ezekiel and Daniel with him was just a blast. I mean, he was sitting there talking about, you know, obviously the he goat and the ram. And I mean, he just, he literally, I remember him drawing on the picture of this like ram missile and taking on this he goat. It was just, it was hilarious to be a part of. And, you know, ministry can be a lot of fun. But we have to remember not to be discouraged when other people don't want to continue the fight. We need to continue the fight ourselves. And we need to be praying to God, Lord, give me the strength. And that's what Jeremiah was trying to do. He, he was praying for strength. He wanted to see growth, but he just wasn't seeing it. Yeah. I mean, we look at the first chapter of Jeremiah, and Jeremiah's like, I'm just a child. I don't want to do this. this is, I, people aren't going to listen to me. He was right, but... <laughs> But he still did what God had called him to do. If God is calling you or if you feel burdened to do something in any type of ministry, whether it's just to be a helpmate or not helpmate, but like a help worker or something like that, do it. Don't sit there and just 
stay in your little bubble and be comfortable, you're not going to get anywhere. You're not going to grow. You know, I think a lot of the growth that I've experienced is because I wanted to take that step out for God. And God has just shown me, hey, I will do good things, but you have to trust me. Yeah. And I mean, I, if you think of Paul, you know, he, he went every direction and he finally just went to Macedonia, the Macedonian call. Yep. You know, he was praying to God, Lord, lead me. And when he saw doors shut, he didn't argue, he didn't complain. He just kept to what he was taught to do. And it's just... It's heartbreaking to me that people don't have that. Yeah. You know, um, one thing that I, I really pray about is for the Lord just to give me earnesty and compassion and just to keep that fight. But what's the point of having that compassion if I don't want to go out and do something with yeah. it? So, so and, and you mentioned the word fight, keep up the fight. Yeah. Remember a fight... In order to be a fight, there's an opposition. <laughs> yes. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a fight. Exactly. And so the Christian life is filled with opposition. It, it's a lie from the pits of hell to think as soon as you trust in Jesus, you're going to be a millionaire. Everything's going to be yeah. great. Your bills are going to be paid, yes. and everyone's going to listen to you. And you know, I think of Isaiah six. Here you have Isaiah coming before the throne room of God. Yeah. Holy, 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 and and. Uh, the you know toward the end of the chapter Jesus says well who, who's going to who am I who, who am I going to send and, and Isaiah says here my Lord send me and that's great and we stop there but if we don't stop there and we continue on the rest of the passage Jesus says uh, or, or or God says um, yeah I'm going to send you but no one's going to listen yeah <laughs> and uh, we know from from church history that Isaiah or at least according to tradition uh, he was sodden too. By his own people, mm-hmm. um, even Jeremiah himself is going to be uh, looking in. You, you refer to him as the weeping prophet. Mm-hmm. Um, his prophecies came true, and it wasn't the result. wasn't a great revival. The result were people being carried away to Babylon. Yeah, and um, here's a guy who gave his life for ministry, mm-hmm. uh, broke his heart. For those around him, and he was rejected. He's thrown in prison. In fact, in you know Jeremiah twenty, mm-hmm. uh, which you quoted, there he is in a prison. It's <laughs> not prison, like yeah. you know our our modern day prison system where he's in a orange jumpsuit watching TV in the yard or something. You can tell how much I know about prison. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, from what I understand, it, it was more of like a like a dungeon yeah. than a prison. And he is screaming out. He he just can't. He's can't. done. But he's not. He can't. He can't be done. Um, I, I posted on Facebook recently, um, my faith is stronger than I am. Yeah. Because faith is a gift from God. It and is. That's what keeps you going. If it were just up to me, if faith were just a matter of something I could just conjure up, um, I would have failed years ago. Um, so all of that to say, it can be discouraging. Ministry in this context, whether it's COVID or whether it's just the... The opposition from this world, because this world is not, uh, as Isaac Watts said, a a friend of grace. Mm -hmm. Uh, This world is against us, against our message. The very message of the gospel is offensive. Um, So don't expect um, great results in the sense of riches, in the sense of prosperity. We can expect great results in the terms of 
seeing lives transformed, exactly. seeing the gospel impact people. Um, you've got to get your priorities right, or you're, yeah, you're never going to make it yeah. in ministry or in life. You know, it's funny that you mentioned about the world being friends or is not friend of grace. I think of James chapter four. Hmm. You know, studying out that was that was my Sunday school lesson, and you really look at James. He talks about three different wars that are facing in the Christian life, and yeah, it's a rebuke of worldliness. He's rebuking yeah. the world being in the church, but he's talking about the three types of wars that go around in the Christian life, and if you are ignorant if you're arrogant of any one of those three, you are putting yourself in a position to be attacked and to fail. Yeah. You know, um, he talks about the world, you know, to have enmity with the world or uh, to be friends with friendship with the world is to be at enmity with the God. Enmity there in the word is means hatred to be hated of God. Well, not of God, but to have hatred for God and for the things of him. If you love the world so much, you're not going to have that care for what God yeah. has. You know, and that's just something I think we have to be really careful for. And then, of course, he also talks about later on in the passage, he talks about submitting to God and resisting the devil. Yeah. There's the second war right there. You know, the devil's raging a war against us. He's raging a war in the world. There's a spiritual warfare going on around us. And if we're not open to that, well, if we're not willing to submit ourselves to God, we're opening ourselves up for attack and we're going to fail. Yes. So, I'm listening to you, and you're, what, 20-something? 22. 22. Um, and you're talking about not quitting and, and, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping that when I talk to you, this is, you know, you're 22. Uh, when you're, you know, we're talking, when you're 30, 62. 62. I'm hoping we, we still have this conversation of course, I'm hoping I'd still be alive at that point. <laughs> but um, that you're 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 still sticking with this same message. Yeah. You know, it's encouraging to me. This past summer, my pastor Jeff uh, Williams is celebrating his 40th year in ministry, mm -hmm. and I think, wow, that's a, that's an amazing thing. Yeah. Um, and of course, it wasn't all easy, and yeah. it never will be. Um, so my that's uh, you know they say that you know when you when you point your finger at somebody else, you have three pointing right back at you. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping as you're as you're preaching this to us that you're also keeping that in mind for yourself. I am. Um, you know, it's funny. I don't think something should be preached from the pulpit if you're not first willing to practice it yourself. Yeah. And I'm going to be honest. There have been moments where I've just I've wanted to quit because it's like, what's the point right. of me doing this if I'm just going to face this? And you know, I'm reminded of Jeremiah. Jeremiah is probably one of my favorite prophets in the Old Testament because when he wanted to give up, he knew the cost. Right. He knew why he couldn't. Um, and I think I need to keep in mind, and I think any preacher needs to keep in mind, if they just feel like they need to quit, just remember what's at stake. Yeah. You know, we're talking about souls here. You know, the devil hates God so much that he's willing to attack us and bring us down to yeah. his level. Um, and we need to keep in mind, hey, I don't want to go down to his level. And in the sense of, I don't want to watch others go down to that same level. I, you know, I've heard preachers say, I wouldn't wish my worst enemy to go to hell. Yeah. If you really mean that, take the gospel to them. Right. right. And I've, I hope this summer has proven that with every action that I've taken. That's my prayer is that every action that I've taken this summer, both in Sunday school, both in outreach, both in the fun fairs, is the actions I've taken to say, hey, I don't want to give up the fight for your soul. All right. So we're going to end our <laughs> podcast there on that note. So Daniel, I didn't I didn't tell you to prepare for this ahead of time, but I'm, but I'm shooting at you here. 
We end our podcast with recommended resources. Oh, I got this easy. You got this. Okay, so so what's something that you recommend? So the, I think I think the first resource is Experiencing the Presence of God by A.W. Tozer. Okay. It's a book that I read right at the beginning of the mm. summer, and it really opened my eyes. I mean, A.W. Tozer, the person that forwarded it, you know, writes in, right at the beginning of the book, he says, A.W. Tozer doesn't want you necessarily to agree with everything that's in his book, but he wants you just to understand his point of view. Mm. And when I first started reading the book, he, he really takes the tack on entertainment. Yeah. And at first I'm like, well, what's, you know, entertainment isn't a bad thing. And, and I'm sitting there kind of wrestling with that, you know, why, why attack entertainment? You know, it's something that, you know, we should have joy in our lives. Because it kind of like the way he words it is, you know, you should, a Christian shouldn't have joy in his life. But we see that joy is the fruit of the spirit. Yeah. So it's like, where is he going with this? As I went on through the book, I realized, hey, he's talking about if we really want to experience the presence of God, we need to remove the distractions that are in yeah. our lives. And I think that's really just opened my heart this summer to removing things that are in my room that yeah. I know are a distraction from my study time. So recommendation, if, if you really want to try and experience that presence, it's a book I really would recommend. Mm. Obviously keep your Bible close on hand because you want to yeah. make sure that you're understanding everything right. Uh, the second book I think I would recommend is by John R. Rice, A Soul Winner's Fire. Yeah. Um, if anybody is looking really just to soul winning, I think John Rice is a good resource. Either that or Paul Chapel Seeking to Save. Those two books have really just opened my heart to soul winning. Uh, and matter of fact, at the beginning of the summer, I was really just burdened for soul winning. And as I read through Soul Winner Fire, it's like, I really see now why I need to have this burden, why we need to be doing this. And I just want to go out and do it. Yeah. You know, So those are probably three recommendations that I have. Seeking to Save by Paul Chapel, John R. Rice, Soul Winner's Fire, and then Experience the Presence of God. All right, so you all have links to those in our show notes, so check that out, www.basicbiblepodcast.org, and then again, find us on Facebook, look for our Facebook group, join the conversation there, and then on Instagram and Twitter at Basic Biblecast. So until next week, have a good rest of your week.